Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah is brought to you by Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Picture this. It's a Friday night and the weekend can go in any direction. Maybe you go out, maybe you stay in solo, or maybe you have a hot date. Regardless, a regular part of my Friday night routine is always taking some sort of electric razor to my nether regions. Because listen guys, sometimes it can get pretty swampy down there. Hygiene is important. You want to keep it clean, you want to keep it trimmed. You don't want the first person who sees you naked to call animal control. In the past, when I've trimmed my shaft, one in every four times I would do it, I'd snad the skin and my balls would start to bleed. And for those who have experienced this, which is all of you, you know that when this happens, your plans completely change. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snad your nuts, making manscaping accidents a thing of the past. Order one for yourself today with the code OHYEAH at manscaped.com to get 20% off and free shipping. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with the code OHYEAH. Your balls will thank you. What do you think you can do? Watch me. You couldn't even keep me out of variety. There's no suppressing the truth, Ari. Hello. Welcome back to Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, The Entourage Podcast. I am your host, J.R. Hickey. Hope you had a great 4th of July weekend. As every lawn weekend has to come to a close, so does a lawn season of Entourage. We are on the season two finale, The Abyss. Vince is heartbroken. Ari's out on his ass. A lot of stuff happens in this episode, guys. We have a great guest for this week's episode. John Duda and I used to write for a website called postgradproblems.com. Postgradproblems.com is no more. He is off doing his own thing. He has a very good podcast you should listen to called The Internet Party. And I'm busy doing this. We are about 20-some-odd episodes in with 70 to go. So we are going to be doing this for quite a while. If you're new to the podcast, every Monday morning we break down a new episode of Entourage. We are just finishing up Season 2, and we are rounding the bend on Season 3. Special announcement. Next week is the 15-year anniversary of the debut of Entourage on HBO. I've got all sorts of fun shit planned that week, a lot of good written content and audio content. The first piece of content, which I'm happy to announce, which will debut next Monday morning, is a special episode of Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah called The Movie Career of Vincent Chase. I had a good friend of mine, Kyle Banduho. He's the host of Big Screen Sports Pod. He was a guest in season one. We broke down the script in the Sherpa. He's a movie savant. He knows his sports movies. He knows his movies, period. So Kyle and I sat down about 45 minutes, and we went movie by movie through Vincent Chase's career, discussed whether or not he was the right fit, whether or not it would have made money today, what the equivalent to today's box office would be, and whether or not ultimately Vincent Chase is a good actor. So make sure you don't miss that. Thank you to everyone that's left five-star reviews. Keep those five-star reviews coming. I know I sound like a broken record, but they really help us out with visibility on the charts and booking bitter and bitter guests. I now have studio space. That studio space is my apartment. I now have a mobile setup so I can travel wherever and whenever I want to the desk so we won't have as many desks. This week we are back to the old format. John Duda did dial in, but I'm looking forward to next season for season three going to some desks in LA, in New York. We've got a lot of cool shit planned. 
The internet is our oyster, guys. I'm super excited. If you haven't yet, make sure you follow the social media accounts at Oh Yeah Pod on Instagram and Twitter, and I am at JR Will Do It on Instagram and Twitter. Great episode, super casual. John Dude and I go way back, so we, we had a lot of fun with it. It isn't as formal of an episode, but we, we really got into a lot of the uh, inner workings of Entourage, including Vince's fashion, whether or not James Cameron would be a good hang, and whether or not Sidon is relevant or not. Hope you enjoy the episode. Have a great rest of your week. Again, next week, special week. I'm going to have two or three episodes dropping. Hopefully the first one, the movie career of Vincent Chase. And then the following week, July 15th, we are back with episode one of season three, Aquamom. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Make sure you tell your friends. Have a great rest of your week and enjoy the abyss. All right, I'm joined by former post-grad problems writer, internet personality, and the co-host of the podcast Internet Party. Dialing in from my hometown of Chicago, Illinois, John Duda, welcome to the Entourage Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, John. Absolutely, dude. It's a Friday morning, <laughs> kind of a weird time to be doing this. So I'm a little, I'm a little, uh, little loopy. Just just woke up. I mean, how how are you doing this morning? I'm good. I am fresh off of a trip to Lake Tahoe, um, so I was on Pacific time for a little bit, and I'm just kind of getting back into the Central Standard Time Zone. Pacific time, some say the best time zone, in my opinion. It was rough, though, like just being online yep. on Twitter and every uh, you're just so behind out there. <laughs> I've always found it fun, though. I, I lived in Chicago five years ago, my whole life, and then I moved here. And you'd wake up and you'd be like, what happened today? <laughs> it was a little like yeah. you rolled the dice. <laughs> yeah, but I also found that I cared less about stuff out there. I'm a little more carefree, which is a cliche. And also, I, I was talking about like watching college football at 8 a.m. Oh, yeah. That would be kind of fun. Being able to wake up on Sundays and like NFL games start at 10 a.m. and college football games start at 8 a.m., there's just no excuse for you to do anything else. You can't go to the gym. You can't run errands. You're like, well, football started already. Yeah, and it's out of the way early, so you have the rest of the day to do whatever the hell you want. West Coast is the best host. But we're not here to talk about college football. We're not here to talk about anything besides Entourage. Are you ready? Hell yeah. I, I want to mention, I just um, binged this show in its entirety about a month ago, so I'm ready. Perfect timing. What has your experience with Entourage been like before that? Like, When did you pick it up? Did you start from the beginning? Did you watch it in college? I picked it up in real time. So I think the latter half of the uh, the show, I was in my first year, my freshman year of college, and I was still very much re- trying to resonate with Vinny as a character. <laughs> I, I was no, I was not getting ass like Vinny was. Also, have you noticed that whenever there's a sex scene with Vincent Chase in it, he is doing reverse cowgirl (laughs) that's a great that's a great observation and it's completely correct he must love reverse cowgirl like he's so lazy (laughs) i i used to love it i i know that in recent years people have come out as saying it's it's a little problematic Um, yeah we're not gonna talk about that (laughs) i haven't found that really i mean ari is obviously a dick but uh it's fine i like the show i've the rewatch was amazing. Absolutely. And and I think this podcast is for entourage lovers because there just isn't enough of this friendship humor out there anymore. A lot of the yeah. stuff that, as mentioned, like wouldn't fly anymore, which is unfortunate, but there's, there's still some good moments that come from it. 
Yeah, this is uh, an interesting idea for a podcast. It's very <laughs> Thanks, original. Dude. No, it's a. Ri- I'm I'm serious. I mean, no, I I haven't seen another podcast like this out there that just goes episode by episode. So, you know, it's it's funny enough, and this, here's some inside baseball, and then we'll dive into the episode. But there is another <laughs> Entourage podcast that started um, by some comedians in New York. Oh no, a rivalry. A rivalry has sprung up. No, I, I haven't listened, but uh, I've heard some. Uh, I've heard that they're a little hard on the show, which is tough to listen to week after week. Like I, I may have started the show being a little critical, and then I realized that no, this is just fun. Like we're just trying to have fun here and like re relive a show that brought us some great memories. So that's what we're gonna do today. Well, you know, you know what's strange to me is that is it Adrian Grenier? He his career just kind of. Didn't really take off after this. I mean, he was in the Devil Wears Prada. But other than Entourage, I I really, I've always viewed him as like a a good actor. And obviously Entourage has inflated that. But I, I thought he would be bigger than he is. It's interesting because the members of the actual Entourage have, their careers have continued and continue yeah. upwards and adrian i mean he also seems very content to work on his environmentalism stuff like he's made a boatload of money i don't think he's in a huge hurry to be back in the limelight but he's uh he's gonna star in a sci-fi show uh next year so do you do you think these guys made a pretty good amount of change in their eight seasons or whatever it was yeah uh because by so it's funny because i think a lot of the actors became producers like Tevin connelly Jerry Ferrara, they all ended up like directing and producing episodes. And a lot of these episodes won Emmys for performances and for writing. Like, you don't know if you go back, like, Entourage won a few awards. Like, Jeremy Piven won three Emmys in a row for his portrayal as uh, Ari Gold. Kevin Dillon was nominated three or four times for it. A couple episodes were nominated for Emmys for writing, cinematography, stuff like this. So, like, there was a little, little award buzz. Like, Entourage was a well regarded show. Yeah, 100%. I, it, it had. Eight seasons, that's a long run. Also, did you know that Ari's character is based off of Rahm Emanuel's brother? Dude, uh, you're talking to the host of the Entourage podcast. Of course I knew that. (laughs) (laughs) It's a fun little Chicago tidbit. For the listeners who don't know, the former mayor of Chicago, Rahm Emanuel, his brother Ari Emanuel, used to be like this powerful agent in Hollywood, and that's who Ari Gold is based off of. Ari Emanuel served on Obama's uh, staff. Ari was in Obama's staff before he was a talent agent? After he was a talent agent. Because this is, the Ari character is based off of this talent agent from like early, early 2000s. Wow. So he went from managing Hollywood to the like, White House. That is odd. Legend though. And a legendary character. Okay, let's talk about. Yeah, let's get into it. Season two finale. The finale, episode 14, The Abyss. I like to do a quick little time capsule for everybody who's listening. So this aired on Sunday, September 4th, 2005. I always try to find some cool, interesting pop culture, tech-relevant news. Unfortunately, this week was like when Hurricane Katrina was blasting New Orleans, so not a lot of the news was very positive um, coming out of this time period. However, I did find that in just two days, Apple would would announce the introduction of the iPod Nano a portable media player that used flash memory for storage. The first-generation model was introduced as a replacement for the iPod Mini. 
The iPod Nano was available in two sizes, two gigabytes, which held 500 songs, and four gigabytes, which held 1,000 songs. <laughs> <laughs> I hated the iPod Nano. It wasn't great. It actually, it, it lived on for 12 years, but it wasn't the more well-regarded like uh, music listening device. I had the 80 gig iPod Classic. So did I. Yeah, I had the 120, and that worked. That was, it still that thing works. was bomb. That's still that's still quite a like a nice chunk of songs you got there. Yeah, I, if if it wasn't for streaming, I would still be using that. 100. percent So what? So this episode, a lot happens yeah. in this episode. We were talking about this off air, like lot to unpack here. It's very dense. Vince's despondent mood alienates all of those in his inner circle, leaving them to consider possible futures without him. Turtle sets up a showcase for Saigon while Drama is dropped by his talent agent. Terrence offers Eric a job as an agent, which she eventually refuses, and the now unemployed Ari does everything he can to try to get back into the dame while holding his meetings at Coffee Bean. When Vince meets with James Tamron to discuss dropping out of the project, he realizes that he can't let this opportunity pass him by, choosing to snap out of his funk and remain in the starring role of Aquaman. Duda, what was your favorite moment from this episode? Uh, favorite moment is Richard Schiff meeting with Ari. <laughs> I, I'm a big West Wing fan. Yep. And I, I didn't know Richard Schiff was funny like that. Oh, yeah. This is going to go into another segment go. in the episode. Do it. But, Do it. Uh, when he says, I want to be in action movies. I want to... I want to be the tough guy. I want to, I want to, I want to say cocksucking motherfucking cunt in a, in a Scorsese movie for once in my fucking life. I want to scare people. You're scaring me, Richard. <laughs> I thought that was very funny. And also the fact that he's meeting with Richard Schiff in a coffee bean is, is just bizarre. It's hilarious. I want to scare somebody. And Ari's like, you're scaring me, Richard. Like, just Yeah. It has nothing to do with the the plot, but that was my favorite part of the episode. <laughs> Richard Schiff is a, a crossover of my best celebrity cameo and Faces in the Crowd Award because I recognize him from the West Wing as well. He played mm-hmm. Toby Ziedler in over 145 episodes of the West Wing from 1999 to 2006. So this was right at the tail end of his West Wing run. So he was like, in real life, he could have actually been looking for a movie role. That must have been a super relevant character at the time to bring in. Sure. But to people now, I feel like people listening now or watching now might not know who he is. He's in Ballers currently. Oh, is he? He's been in The Affair. He's he's currently has a leading role in the MB, the ABC medical drama The Good Doctor, for anyone who watches that show. Sick. Sick, absolutely. But yeah, no, it was a nice, like, uh, you know what it did, dude, is it like gave a little bit more like well-roundedness to... Uh, Ari's clients does Richard Schiff isn't like a super flashy client that they like rolled out no he's he's a guy who you would see on the street and you you wouldn't know his name was Richard yep. Schiff but you would be like oh that's the guy from West Wing 100 he's, he's the faces in the crowd award for that reason um I liked it because if, if Ari actually represented this guy and he was in 145 episodes of the Emmy-winning drama The West Wing then Ari's making some bank off this dude so it just kind of shows how powerful Ari actually is. For my favorite moment from this episode, it's um Ari and E at Koi for dinner. It's a uh Okay. It's a callback to the pilot where Ari basically gives E like a dressing down and he's like, I don't answer to people like you. You think Hugh Jackman says, I love the script, but I have to run it past my pizza boy first. He's t- in the pilot, Ari's kinda like, Who the fuck are you? A prick. And in this moment, they're they're friends. Yep. And Ari 
made such an honest plea to E not to abandon Vince. He's like, you told Vinny not to fuck up. He fucked up. You feel betrayed. You feel hurt. You think that what he did was selfish. Are you telling me it wasn't? I'm telling you, he's not thinking rationally, man. Because when he wakes up in a week or a month or three months from now, and he realizes that he fucked his whole life up, you're going to need to be there because he's going to have no one else. Wow. I'm impressed, all right. A totally selfless meal. You're buying because you got a goddamn job. Which was a nice moment. It was a nice, like, resonant moment where, like, that happens to people. Like, they get broken up with and they spiral. And, like, if you abandon them at that moment, like, you might really abandon them. Yeah, I... I never thought that Vince wasn't actually going to do Aquaman in this season. It's just too big of an opportunity. A James Cameron movie, I could actually see him doing, directing Aquaman. It's funny that they just made that movie, but, and they went a completely different direction with the guy from Game of Thrones, but. It made like a quarter of a billion dollars, so I think they made the right decision. But no, you're right. I could see James. I could see James Cameron in 2005 directing Aquaman when superhero movies were like new and fresh. Yeah, he's big into like deep water exploration and shit like that. So that's right up his alley. Any uh, more favorite moments? I do have a favorite bros being bros moment. Let's do it. Good, good transition. Bros being bros is when we talked about kind of just like guys being guys. And there's a lot of good ones in this episode. So which was yours? I'm going to skip ahead to the very end of the episode where Vinny has just left the meeting with Cameron and they all leave together and you can kind of get the sense that he's about to get his job back. (laughs) And I actually mentioned before I rewatched this last night, I thought this was one of those finales where they all leave together uh, at the airport, get on a plane to go somewhere. This was not one of those finales. They this just, was not one of those three finales. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, it, it was a nice moment. And um, they all kind of make up. And oh, yeah. it was... I, I liked that E got his job back at the very end of the episode. But they leave the issue with Ari hanging a little bit. Oh, yeah. They love to do that. They love to fuck with Ari a little bit. I liked how E kind of instantly knew that Vince didn't quit it's like bros being bros is like hey like guys being guys like if my I, I can read my best friend of 15 years like a book and that kind of showed how'd it go it went what did that mean what do you say did he go crazy he didn't threaten you did he nah you didn't do it did you yeah i'm right i can tell by the look on your face you didn't quit all right, look, E, I know you put this whole thing together, but I'm the one who's got to work with her every day. I didn't think I could do that. Do you understand? Yeah, I understand. I mean, what do you think I'm doing here? But did you quit the movie or not? No. I couldn't do it. You were right. Like, they can just read each other, and that, that was, like, something that you'd never really seen on TV. Well, I, I don't think you could just walk into James Cameron's office and say, hey, I don't want to do your movie. Like, like, this is six years removed from Titanic. I know. The biggest cultural moment of... Ever. Ever, maybe. Yeah, like, you you can't just quit that movie. No. 
I uh, I have a bros being bros moment. It's a small one. So there's a pretty big, like, them all kind of making up at the Saigon show where they all kind of, like, apologize to each other. But as Turtle and Drama are walking over to the bar and Turtle's mm-hmm. a little pissed at himself because there's no big representation there, he just he just got done talking to Saigon and he's like, it's all good, baby. Like, here's Snoop Dogg's die. Like, we're in good shape. And he's walking over to the bar and Turtle's like, so fuck sent all their assistants. No Dre, no Dash, no nothing. Turtle, I got no career, no representation, and no hope. So stop your fucking crying. The CEOs might not be here, but there's a lot of people there. Do a good job. Thanks, Drama. So brotastic, but like, kind of a nice moment where Drama's just like, hey, listen, like, you, props to you, Turtle. You've done a good job here. You've done nothing, but you've done a good job. So is it okay to do spoilers on this? Yeah, dude. Yeah, we're, okay. people who are listening to this know what happens they know, in the show. They know the show. Yeah. So this kind of transitions to my least favorite moment. Let's do it, dude. You're like driving this perfectly. I mean, this is you're a podcast host <laughs> yourself. You know how to do this. <laughs> so it's when Saigon is performing at the club, and yeah. everyone is vibing out to lyrics like, "Cause one year I went to church and beat up the Easter Bunny." When niggas tell you don't hurt nobody, they being funny. When they say that shit to Saigon, they mean it money. Ever since I was little, bitches say he a dummy. Cause one year I went to church and beat up the Easter Bunny. Now it's every day I hit God with silent praise. So we can help me resolve some of my Like, this guy sucks. <laughs> and, and it ends up being that Saigon doesn't even want to work with Turtle, right? Like, they, they hold his ass over uh, a hotel balcony and almost yeah. kill him. Yeah, his representation. That's a that's a callback to Should Knight doing that to Vanilla Ice way back in the day. That actually happened? Yep, that is a... like We're getting ahead of ourselves. This happens in Season 3, but back in the day, Should Knight wanted Vanilla Ice's contract underneath Death Row Records, so he literally held Vanilla Ice out of a Beverly Hills balcony and like shook him upside down until uh, Vanilla Ice like, signed over the rights to everything in his catalog to Should Knight. Should Knight yeah, was that- a bad motherfucker back in the day. That man is in prison now, so yes, <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense that you would do something like that. But it's a great like reference, and especially it makes it even better because it's drama that's being held out of the fucking window. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was my least favorite moment from this episode. I I I I was never a fan of Saigon. I talked about this with Fraser Tharp, writer for Complex, a couple episodes ago. He and I talked about how it was nice to see like hip hop being brought to the forefront, but Sidon mm-hmm. never really did anything on the show, and then his career never really took off. So he's not a relevant like. It's not like Turtle discovered Pharrell or something like that. You know what I mean? It's not like right. he discovered someone that still is culturally relevant. Nobody knows who the fuck Sidon is, and he hasn't done anything since the show. Uh... Okay, so that was a question I had: was if he actually went by that name. In, in real life or if that yeah was... and he had a moment like three four songs on the soundtrack you know he had he had two albums come out at this time but he never went anywhere from there he got in some rap beef as you do <laughs> and like yeah. got decimated by a couple different rappers and some right... manufactured drama to sell yeah. records yep absolutely well this was also peak gangster rap so when this episode came out i'm sure this music was pretty good considered good. oh yeah dude and this song that he uh, sings on stage, War, it's a Nas song that he has a verse on. So, like, I think that's why people may have recognized it, but uh, it's not one of the better songs he does. He has a few songs that air in um, 
episode 12, uh, Der Morning Side Nine, that are a little bit better. Um, and they're on the uh, playlist that we have. Oh yeah, oh yeah, music playlist. It's on Spotify. It's in The link to listen to that is in the show notes of today's episode. So go listen to those songs now. My least favorite moment, Duda. Um, I usually like Shauna. I like Shauna scenes. She's like a, the mom of the group. She usually comes in hot and like has a few funny lines and leaves and is good. But she just kind of shows up at the Malibu house and kind of throws a fit on the porch and she's screaming at Vince and she's screaming at Ari. Vincent, open the door! Vincent! Open the door! I don't want to talk about it anymore, Shauna. Oh, come on, Vincent! Don't you dare fucking walk away from me! We need to talk! <laughs> come on, Vincent! Vincent, come on! Fucking loser. Look, baby, I am here because I love you! I, I know how you're feeling! I, I'm twice divorced, baby! I know it is hell! Don't make me kiss this fucking thing and open the fucking door! Shit! Fuck you, man! That's solid work, Shauna. Oh, fuck you, Ari! If you did the job right, I wouldn't be up here cleaning up your goddamn mess! It was, I, it was supposed to signify that, like, everyone in his life is losing their mind over him, you know, being depressed or, or, or wanting to quit this movie, but I just didn't love the scene. It didn't add anything. It didn't take anything away. Yeah, um, I, I'm not a huge fan of Shauna. I don't like, okay. I don't like the... The New York accent. I'm not saying I hate <laughs> all New York accents, but hers is so over the top. It it annoys me a little bit. All right, fair enough. You're allowed to you're allowed to dislike characters that I like. It's all good. <laughs> um, let's talk about lines from the sure. episode. What are some of your favorite like one-liners or, or lines that jumped out from uh, the abyss? We're in sync today because my <laughs> my favorite line is when Ari comes out and Shauna is pulling up into the driveway. And Lloyd asks Ari, How'd it go? How'd the fucking Bay of Pigs go, Lloyd? <laughs> I just Did you get that reference? Yeah, of course. That's uh back to the Kennedy administration. Yeah, thank you. So I didn't catch that one when I was like in my twenties. Like I had to do a little research and the Bay of Pigs was an invasion of Cuban refugees yep. when and like it was supposed to topple the communist government of Fidel Castro and it was a complete and utter failure on the part of the CIA. Yeah, that was not that was not a good time for government in America. But yeah, I just I love I love when Lloyd gets berated. Yeah, I'm sorry, it's fucked up, but I like it. No, we talked about this last week with Corporate Bro. We talked about how Lloyd's kind of had his coming out party in the last couple episodes. He's like. Ari's relying on him now, and he kind of continues to rely on him for the remainder of the show. This is like Lloyd's first moment in the spotlight. Um, so I agree. Ari has a great line to E when E's over at his house. Well, you want to quit too? Actually, I think I might, yeah. E, the garbage man who wins the lottery does not throw out the ticket. You know what? Fuck you. Which is a perfect analogy for like what E is. Dude, I almost wrote that quote down as my favorite one. <laughs> you did? That was your favorite? That was one of my favorites, yeah. Ari's got some good ones this episode. I also, I liked Vinny and E getting into it in the driveway. Like, kind of calling each other out on their bullshit a little bit. That was a break from the norm where they're kind of tiptoeing around each other. Because E yeah. does that with with Vince. Duda, did you notice on your rewatch, and, and I, maybe I just didn't notice it when I was in my early 20s watching this, but the amount that they, like, shield Vince from what's actually going on is kind of amazing. It's kind of fucked up. Yeah. If you were Vince, you would want to know what's going on in your professional life, right? Yeah, but the character of Vince doesn't. Like, he just is too chill, too, like, laissez-faire to actually give a shit. Yeah, and that's something that bothers me a lot about Vince is that 
he just relies on others to to make decisions for him and i don't i don't think that's how most actors are maybe they i don't i don't know show business yeah yeah i mean neither do i like <laughs> this is, we talked about show business on this podcast like we know it and it's just me doing a shit ton of research behind the scene the the scene in the morning where like he walks out of the bedroom after the boys send in those like three like maids slash hookers. They're not hookers. And he's like, "What's up, guys?" And then he like looked, and then he immediately is just like, "E, did you call Ari?" And and E goes, "Yeah, look." And he shows him the cover of Variety, and Ari's fired. Hey, E, did you track down Ari? Yep. Jesus. Did you tell him I'm not doing Aquaman? I can't find him. Well, you better go find him. He doesn't care about anything besides just, like, the next little shitty thin in front of him, which is what I want off this movie because I'm heartbroken. Oh, my God. The the number of times they said, did you call Cameron, really bothered me. Yeah. Yeah, one more thing I want to call it from that E-Vince exchange in the driveway. Eric really lays into Vince and says, You know, personally, Vince, I think it's your ego. Your big fucking movie star ego. You could have had Mandy thrown off this movie, but you had to prove that you could get her back. You can't stand the fact that she left you because no one ever has. But you know what? I will leave you before you fuck me up. Yeah, leave and do what? It was nice. It was e, it was E standing up for himself and also calling Vince out on like the most blatant, uh, passive aggressive bullshit that he pulled this season, which is like, I'm still in love with Mandy. She's married. I'm gonna like get as close to her as possible and fuck this up for everybody. <laughs> Fucking Mandy Moore. Why? How did they choose Mandy Moore? Uh, we've talked about this a little bit, but she. It was the right time period, dude. Like she had just starred in a Walk to Remember. She'd had like two number one albums. And she was on her way. She had like another movie in the mix. You know, she, this is us. She stars in now, which is super popular. Yep. But they were the same age. They were like the same. They would have been in like the same class of celebrity. So Vince at the time dating like a former pop star who just made her turn into Hollywood movies is believable. But now, as we're sitting here in 2019, we look back and we're like, "Fucking Mandy Moore! What a what a weird reference!" Well, but um, Mandy Moore was always playing second fiddle to Britney Spears. That's right. That's true. At least in the... Could you imagine Britney Spears on the show, though? That would have been a little unbelievable. No, it would have been crazy. <laughs> and she she tried to foray into movies herself. Remember Crossroads? I do remember Crossroads, yes. It was terrible. <laughs> a Walk to Remember was at least, like, you know, a classic rom-com. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, no, it was a little more dramatic than a rom-com. It was, yeah, one of those Nicholas Sparks, like, tear-jerker teen yep. movies. Exactly. Any, um, we talked about that song that, uh, Saigon sings on stage. Any other songs jump out at you from this episode? There were some good ones, I think. Oh, yeah, uh, Gimme Shelter at yeah. the end of the episode. So what, are we back in business? I don't know. Can you promise me this will never happen again? First love only happens once, E. Twice for me, bro. Both broads crushed me. I've been in love. Oh, oh you you never been in love. <laughs> so should we call Ari? Eh, let's let him sweat it out of there. This is, I'm not joking, this is the third Rolling Stones song that Doug Allen has had on the show in as many episodes. Like, the last three episodes have had Rolling Stones songs in it. He must have just bought, like, a block of rights from so, the Rolling yeah, Stones. So, yeah, I was going to say, if you can afford to get the rights <laughs> to the song, a Rolling Stones song, you got to use it. Absolutely. He's taking a page out of Scorsese's book. I also, for some reason... The Grind Date, which plays by De La Soul as like the episode opens. It opens on the cover of Variety. It says Ari Fired. 
and then Eric's walking down the hallway past those maids. Mm-hmm. I like that song. I, it's like it's always on every hip hop playlist I've ever had since I saw this episode fucking 14 years ago. So I yeah, also De like La De La Soul. Soul so De La Soul is awesome. I've been listening to a lot of Tribe Called Quest, which is oh, yeah. in that same time period. Two, a white guy from Michigan and a white guy from Chicago. Talking about hip hop. Everyone loves listening to this. <laughs> you ha- you'd love to see it. So we talked about celebrity cameos, faces in the crowd. You know, Richard Schiff is our winner for sure, but there were two other celebrities in this episode. Do you want to talk about James Cameron or Polly Shore? <laughs> so my my least favorite celebrity cameo was definitely Polly Shore. He delivered his lines terribly. I think he's an <laughs> awful actor. And he also has my vote for most outdated reference, which we can get to <laughs> on down the line if you want. Oh, look what the breeze just blew in. Shut the fuck up, Paulie. I'm not in the mood. Sorry, Johnny. It's a busy day. Are you my agent or not? That's great. I mean, Paulie Shore, do you know that he is the son of, like, comedy royalty? I did not. His mother, Mitzi Shore, who just unfortunately passed away started the comedy store in LA. Oh wow. And then there was that show on uh Showtime called uh I'm Dying Up Here. Like the main character on that show is based off of Polly Shore's mom. So Mitzi Shore started all of these major comedy like uh careers. She started like Richard Pryor's career and George Carlin's career, like way back in the day. So he's just like a spoiled Hollywood yeah. kid. So that makes sense that he was born on third. Absolutely. because uh, he's not Great. He was an MTV VJ in 1989, and then he starred in Encino Man, Son-in-Law, and Biodome from 1992 to 1996. Biodome, I kind of like Biodome. I I actually like Biodome. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But Polly Shore, not so much. What about Cameron? I, I love whenever Cameron is in this show. He's he's going for it, man. He's trying to act. He's like for a director. He's a pretty good actor. Yeah, absolutely. And he seems like a guy that you could sit down with and just have a beer with. He's he's relatable in that sense. He's always wearing like Levi's and a t-shirt or it, it, he just looks like a nice guy. This is you defending the underwater city and uh, we can do it all dry for wet. So you'll be hanging on wires. You won't really be underwater. You're going to love that. Actually, you know, it's terrible, you know, but it's only for the first month. And, um, you know... I'm into this, okay? Uh, sorry, I'm going on. You called me. What is it you want to talk about? He also seems like he's an uber nerd when it comes to, like, science, technology, and the ocean. So, like, you can just get him going, you know? Oh, yeah. If if James Cameron wasn't a movie director, he would be a deep-sea explorer. 100%. But because of the success of his movies, he can do both. Like, he directs movies, <laughs> and then he spends all of his free time just traveling to the depths of the Adriatic Sea or wherever the fuck he goes. <laughs> you mentioned his outfit, and every week we like to talk about the worst outfit okay. in this week's episode. Who had who had a bad outfit? But I consider you an, a style expert here, so this is this is an important category. Thank you. Um, I, I have a couple, if I could just <laughs> rattle them off. Let's do it. He, he has probably my least favorite outfit of the, of the episode. He's in bootcut jeans. Mm-hmm. In untucked dress shirt and what appear to be Air Maxes, and he's <laughs> walking out to meet Sloan for lunch. I was originally going to pick every suit that Ari wears, but uh, those actually appear to be pretty well tailored. 
I just hate yep. the the pattern shirts that he wears with those suits and the like quadruple Windsor knot ties. <laughs> if you're not a six six former professional athlete, you can't wear that stop that knot style and look they're power suits for sure dude yeah they just like and he's always he walks around like he's vince mcmahon walking out you know that gif yep yep he always swaggers around like that and jeremy piven is like five foot six (laughs) i would just uh, i don't know i know he's like the most powerful agent in la but he's not an intimidating figure outside of his his reputation how are vince's outfits this episode not great it looks like i i've thought about this a lot and vince looks like a guy who was styled completely from the buckle circa 2005 do you remember that store the The buckle Buckle? dude what a callback the buckle was like high-end american eagle uh they had a lot of jeans with designs on the back pockets. They were all boot cut, of course. And then they had like RVCA brand t-shirts. Yeah. Um, it was like, it, it was American Eagle for the the guy that listened to Arcade Fire. <laughs> These are perfect. <laughs> so That's Vinny to a T. Vinny, Vinny's outfits were great during, you know, 2007. They were on point for that time period. Now, not so much. Although I will say, I will like I'll defend one outfit of his, and it's in the final scene when he's in Cameron's office. Maybe yep. it's the way I dress. Maybe it's because I live in California. But he's wearing like a purple lawn sleeve. He's got black athleisure pants and white sneakers. I'm like, that kind of still works. Yeah, uh, definitely. The are you, I think he's wearing like Puma track pants, right? No, the Puma's at early in the episode when he's like walking on the beach. He's wearing Puma track pants, okay, and then a blue vertical striped button down over it, which yeah, did that, not work. that was a bad outfit. I also wanted to bring up Turtles all green, like <laughs> Echo, <laughs> Echo. God, so bad. He cleans it up toward towards the end of the the show. Like he starts wearing Lacoste polos. Big fan of Lacoste, I guess. Those are like ninety dollar <laughs> collared shirts. And by the end of it, if you remember, Turtle's making some major money. Turtle is one of the more successful of all four or five members of the Entourage by the end of the he show. He has a so, glow up, for sure. And that was intentional, by the way. Doug Allen has said, like, he wanted to start the, t- the Turtle character as basically a nobody, and by the end of it, to have him, like, be his own, like, businessman. A schlub, yeah. I can't, like, I can't hate much about the Turtle character, because he's just so lovable. So, like, yeah, the outfits are bad, but... What are you going to do? He was like a dude from Queens, you know, in his 20s back then. True. And everyone born in Queens during that time period is probably dressing like that. I want to run through really quick speed round, some continuity errors and some trivia. There's only okay. two this week. I try to do a deep dive on this. And uh, the word fuck or variations of the word fuck are used the most in this episode comparatively to any other Entourage episode. It's said over 60 times. Which is incredible because the episode is 26 minutes long. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. That's two fucks a minute. <laughs> what are you going to do? I'll figure something out. No, you won't. Because you're fucked. Do you even know how fucked you are? I mean, you are so fucking fucked. I mean, I think you're the most fucked person I know. <laughs> and then there's Good a math. quick scene where uh, E shows up at Ari's house and uh, Mrs. Ari, Perry Reeves, walks in and she says hi to Eric briefly. Hey, baby. And why are you at work? Uh, I, I overslept. Hey, 
So what's in the gym bag? Uh, it's a kilo of blow. What's with all the fucking questions? He's showing off for you. That's one of, if not the only scene where Perry Reeves and Tevin Connolly speak to each other. Really? Really, yeah. It's it's they'd said they'd had like a passing moment where they like nodded to each other at the bat mitzvah a few episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Or the bar mitzvah a couple episodes ago, but this is their only on screen moment, which is kind of weird because they both are in like, you know, seventy five percent of the episodes. So I think this was her big break, right? Because then she then she was in old school or was old school before this? Um, old school was this is two thousand six. Yeah, old school was before this. Old school was like two thousand three. So, but she, she is a hot older woman. Oh, dude, she's the definition of a milf. Yeah, she looks good, dude. If this episode were to air today, same plot, how would mm-hmm. it be different? Oh man. Well, Polly Shore definitely wouldn't be asking drama if this was an episode of Surreal Life. Yeah. <laughs> you promised me something out of this deal. Taking his TV? What are you, fucking Surreal Life cast member? You freak? Huh? <laughs> what a I'll see you on the outside. Get a life, loser boy. That was a pretty outdated reference there. I also, I want to go back to Mandy Moore. They would Let's do it probably have a different love interest for for Vinny if this was 2019 and we were doing sure. this. Yeah. Maybe like Zendaya. Ooh, that's that's a good one. I, I've been watching Euphoria and she yeah. is phenomenal in that. And she's also going to be in Spider-Man. Which another, is why I mentioned HBO, her as, uh, as a love interest in a superhero movie. That'd be cool, yeah. Bring a little color to the show too. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. This this is a pretty vanilla episode as far as... Everyone. Yeah, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> the only people of color are Lloyd and Saigon. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I have something for you. If, if this was today, Vinny would have just quit the movie on social media. Uh, he would have just like tweeted it, or he would have just posted some cryptic shit on Instagram stories, like he's Kevin Durant or something. Yep. And like Cameron would have found out immediately that, Done that the, Vince uh, is out the of the notes it. app yeah <laughs> some long rambling apology this whole plot of like have you called Tamron have you called Ari Ari needs to call Tam-. it just wouldn't have happened Vinny would have woken up that morning tweeted it and it would be over <laughs> I love how everyone's either on a Blackberry or T-Mobile sidekick too <laughs> that's so classic I always wanted a sidekick and my mom just wouldn't get me one I had a fucking I, know, I had a Blackberry towards the end of Towards the beginning of college, and I thought I was the man because I could access an internet browser. I was so jealous of the kids my first year of college at a BlackBerry because they would upload photos to Facebook and it would say, like, uploaded via BlackBerry. And that was just a status thing. It was. I had a fucking <laughs> flip phone my freshman year of college with no camera on it. Still sounds like you had some uh, unresolved uh, anger about that. Yeah, it was a rough it was a rough go. Although I will say it was great at parties trying to pick up girls. They usually thought it was kind of it was usually kind of funny. Yeah, like, it's a conversation piece. Absolutely. Let's talk about Johnny Drama. Okay. What was your favorite Johnny Drama moment from this episode? My favorite moment is when he like storms into Davy's office and <laughs> rips the TV out. Pays no attention to Polly Shore or his shitty surreal life quip. Yep. And just walks out with a TV under his arm. Hall of Fame. 
Johnny, he's in a meeting. Are you seriously not gonna call me back? Oh, look what the breeze just blew in. Shut the fuck up, Paulie. I'm not in the mood. Sorry, Johnny. It's a busy day. Are you my agent or not? You were a family deal, Johnny. If Vince isn't a client, I'm afraid you're not a client. <laughs> Karma is a bitch! Not here. Nice. We're in a fucking meeting, man. I love how he kind of lunges at Davies and everyone, because yes. it's Hollywood. Everyone kind of like flinches and they're like, "Come on, man, this is a meeting." <laughs> like, well, I also like he hate would never actually. Yeah, well, he's the perfect kind of oily snake salesman. Mm -hmm. I also love that at the beginning of the episode, it's like a Tuesday morning and drama is just drinking bloodies. Bloody. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> Turtle's like, drama, stop your drinking. <laughs> if I was turtle or drama, I would be fucked up way more often than they are. Yeah, three sheets to the wind all the time. Although turtle does have to drive everywhere. We forget yep, that. Yep. So that's, and that's one of the good things about this show is like, sometimes they'll be out to lunch or whatever, and they'll be like, do you guys want a drink? And turtle goes, nope, sorry, I got to drive. Yeah. Like, very responsible. Entourage promoted safe consumption. <laughs> Right on. There's a small moment when Turtle and Drama are walking into the barbershop and Drama's going, Forget it, Vince is imploding. He needs to take on a zen-like approach. It's all in the breathing. So what do we do? We gotta let him know he's fucking up. How? Silent treatment. <sighs> Good plan. Are you in or not? I'm in. I'm in. So it's like they start from this like... Yep. They start from this really like, we got to help Vince to like, we should probably not talk to him. <laughs> They're just stupid, <laughs> like, it's like two fucking orangutans, like, figuring out how to do things. And uh, I know, but it actually works. It does, yeah. Silent treatment is great in, Cold. That, in this instance. Uh, we're winding down here. A few questions left. So every week we talked about who won the episode, and we always say that Vince is exempt because he's the A-list movie star, although yep. he's at his lowest point, so there's no way he would have won this episode. But if you had to give this award to somebody, who would it be? I am giving it to E for getting his job back at the end of the, yeah. the episode. Not only that, he gets a job offer too. He gets like yeah. a, an offer to go work at Ari's old agency with Terrence. So. Two birds with one stone. Yeah, and then Vince at the end says, oh You know, the silent treatment was good, guys. But you should have heard this guy yelling at me yesterday. Nobody's yelled at me like that in years. Yeah? How'd it feel? <laughs> Felt good. Felt like home. He, he resonated with Vince, so so I agree with you. E, e wins the episode. This is also a foray uh, into one of my favorite, like second tier characters of the show. The the blonde, the short blonde agent who is in Ocean's Eleven. I'm blanking on his name. Scott Con. Scott Con. Yes. <laughs> he bothers E so much, and he is. Is that Murphy Group? He always keeps he keeps calling him Murphy Group, even though he's one guy. I, I love great. it. I love that guy, and he's. Him and uh, Casey Affleck in Ocean's Eleven, priceless. Oh, yeah, the Mormon brothers, the uh, Malloy twins. They're so funny. And Scott Kahn's shorter than Kevin Connolly, Dude. so like, it's a little absurd. Can we talk, like, why, why are all actors so short? Because they couldn't play sports and they had to go into theater. That's <laughs> so mean to say. That's act that actually makes a lot of sense now that you think about yeah. it. But mostly, like, it is funny though because they always make short jokes at Kevin Connolly's expense. But Ari or Jeremy Piven's like two inches taller than him, and Jerry Ferrara's like an inch. Yeah, they're no, all the same they're fucking all height, near close to midgets. <laughs> Duda, was this an A-list episode, a B-list episode, or a D-list episode? 
I'm going to go B list. Yeah. Um, it was just okay. It's, yeah. it's a finale and usually you want a, a little more gusto from an episode. Uh-huh. And I hate to say this, but it kind of bothered me how easily everything just worked out at the end of this finale. <laughs> a, a common complaint that becomes a reoccurring theme. <laughs> well, I I love the season when Vinny starts getting addicted to coke. You love that season? People hate that season. I like it because he's such an idiot and thing, <laughs> things don't get resolved as easily in that season. Whereas in all the Eminem other Eminem gets his ass. Oh yeah, that's classic. But yeah, uh, I, I give it a B. All right, yeah, I give it B plus as well. I'd say like... You get to see everyone. Every single person from the show has a moment in this episode, from Mrs. Ari to Sloan to Terrence to Loy. They all did a little moment in the sun. And you're right, like, this plot of, like, Mandy slowly causing Vince to spiral, it gets resolved pretty quickly at the end. Vince just changes his mind, and then it's all good, baby. Yeah. And, um... So that, that part is a little, like, uh, the word would be called, like, you felt, feel a little hoodwinked. You're like, well, why'd I care all so much about this mm-hmm. <laughs> these past couple episodes? But it still ended on a feel good moment with uh, sympathy for the devil. And then you see that poster that says coming next summer, Aquaman. Like that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And the, the yellow H two Hummer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think they get rid of that, that is, pretty soon and they replace it with their Cadillac uh, Escalade. That is peak mid two thousands, like energy. Do you want to know something funny? My father-in-law has that exact same Hummer. He still has it. Still has it. He's uh. He lives in Orange County. I've I've mentioned my like family a little bit in this episode, in this uh, podcast, and like I have weird connections to Entourage. He has the yellow H two Hummer, uh, so it's like in my family. Yeah, <laughs> riding around in it is like a, riding around in a tank. That is a gaudy car. Oh yeah, and I mean it's I'm a big fan of GM though, and <laughs> I'm sure it's still running purring like a a little kitten. Oh, absolutely, dude. And he has he's like never had to take it in, and it's from. Like it's like a 2002 or something. Yeah, I mean they're they're designed to be like Humvees in Afghanistan. So. Yep. Duda, I asked every guest our last question, our final question, and probably our most important one. In your life's entourage, which character are you closest to? It it really bothers me that I have to say this. I'm probably most similar to E. Whoa! I thought you were gonna say Vince. <laughs> no, no. I'm constantly like overanalyzing situations. I worry too much in general. And I think that is E's main arc as a character is mm-hmm. just the mm-hmm. worry wart. And that's, yeah. that's me in most situations. Trying to keep it all together, trying to like make sure everything's on track. Yeah, exactly. I've said E resonates with me the most as well. So that's understandable. But yeah, people are always like, I hate to say it. Yeah, I, he's so whiny and annoying that it, it really irks me that I have to say that I'm most like E, but I am. To be honest, though, in these first couple seasons, he's not super whiny and annoying. He's just like, he just cares. And he's like, hey, let's... Yeah. It's only after Vince becomes like, hey, I'm the biggest movie star of all time. And we really don't have anything to worry about now that E becomes a little grating. I'm also unemployed right now, so <laughs> I, I, can't say, I can't say that I'm like Vinny at all. Yeah, Under, understood. Duda, this was this was a lot of fun. Thank you for diving deep on the season two finale, uh, the yeah. Abyss. 
Thanks for having me, man. I'd love to come back on for a later episode, yeah. maybe talk about Sasha Gray. Oh, for sure. <laughs> that's uh, So that's in about 50 episodes, so I'll talk to you in, in 2021. We'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me, John. I appreciate it. Yeah, where can the listeners of Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah follow you? And uh, tell me a little bit about Internet Party. You know what? I'm going to give you the ads for Internet Party, and we'll just leave it at that. Um, I host a podcast with a very good friend of mine named Brad. We talk fashion, pop culture, a lot of niche topics, just shit that is like stream of consciousness shit. I'll give you an example. Last episode, I did a ranking of my favorite hand dryers <laughs> on the market right now. Um, we, we have fun with it. We're not super huge, but we're at uh, I-N-T-R-N-T-P-R-T-Y on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, if you guys want to tune in for an episode, see if you like it, I'd appreciate it. My personal at on Twitter is Deuteronomy. That's D-U-D-A-R-O-N-O-M-O-N-O-M-Y. <laughs> <laughs> it's a play on the the Bible thing. I'm yep. not... The book of Deuteronomy, dude. Yeah, I'm not super religious, but uh, I thought it was a good play on words. And um, maybe you could put my at in in the notes or something. All, yeah, so, everything that you're that dude is I, trying to I say I right now. I spelled it wrong. Is in the show notes of this. Guys, seriously, follow him. He's a great follow on social media and the pod. I just started listening, Duda. It's funny. You guys have some really interesting personalities and points of view on things so thank uh, you thank hopefully you hopefully we hopefully we can see some uh some really funny shit coming your way uh on internet part that's a weekly podcast right we do it once a week i'm trying to expand to maybe two episodes a week but cool. um i'm just foraying into this podcast thing and it's it's harder than i thought man it's i did a i did an episode by myself oh this dude past that's week. tough i was just talking to myself for 20 minutes it was very hard it's not natural. No, it's not. And I've done, so I've done, this is like episode, I think we're on 25 or 26 of this. I did one where I broke down an episode solo and nobody liked it. <laughs> so <laughs> that was the one, yeah, don't I, worry guys, that was the one time you'll hear a single dude break down an entourage of episodes. Yep, that was the consensus I got from this week, so I probably won't do that <laughs> going forward. Well, next time I'm, I'm in Chicago, I'll bring my audio equipment, we'll record in person, it'll be a little bit more fun. 100%. Awesome, dude. Well, thank you for joining, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, John.